St. Peter Chrysologus, Third Sermon on the Creed. The one who looks for faith does not look for reason. The one who asks for divine things puts human ones aside. The one who is born of God as Father transcends nature. And the one who is deemed worthy of the author of time owes nothing to time. Now look, devoted offspring of faith, we see that you want to be born before you are conceived, to carry off the kingdom of heaven before submitting to the narrow confines of the womb, to be so intent upon the joys of your father that you bypass the anguish of your mother, and you do not consider it a premature birth, which you believe is mature through Christ. Thus Paul the Apostle is born mature through faith, who proclaims that he is prematurely born through time. So, accept the faith by faith alone, and do not look for an explanation of that very faith to be revealed to you. So that you, for your part, do not have to provide an explanation. You have, in your haste, kept it securely enclosed within the faith. Today, the faithfulness of your Creator invites you, my children, to faith. He fulfills the pledge He has promised before receiving your pledge of faithfulness. And this He has rendered to human affairs as he had once promised verbally through the prophet. Open your mouth wide, he says, and I shall fill it. That is, open wide in professing, and I shall fill it with the mystery of what you profess. I shall enrich it with mystical words, and fill it with all the eloquence of the secrets of heaven. And truly, children, Whatever the one who listens and responds professes out of obedience, this is thanks to the grace of God who gives and teaches. Therefore, as you are about to receive the creed, that is, the pact of life, the pledge of salvation, and the indissoluble bond of faith between you and God, prepare your hearts, not a piece of paper. Sharpen your understanding not your pen, and write out what you have heard not with ink, but with your spirit at your service. Recognize that the eternal and heavenly secret cannot be entrusted to perishable, corruptible tools, but it must be placed in the safe of the soul itself, in the very library of the spirit within you, so that no profane investigator nor the power of the enemy may find anything to dissect and tear apart. Otherwise, what has been bestowed for the salvation of the person who professes and believes may become the ruin of the one who despises it and is ignorant of it. But when the prophet says to you, Open your mouth wide, and I shall fill it, may you be able to respond, In my heart I have hidden your eloquence, so that I may not sin against you. I believe in God, the Father Almighty. 
The one who has professed the Father also professes the Son, because without the Son, he cannot be called Father. And because there can be no increase or addition to God, the Son always was, because the Father also always was. The Son cannot have a beginning, because the Father cannot have an end. The begotten does not grow, where the begetter does not grow old. The substance of the Father and the Son is eternal and co-eternal, and that substance must not be judged according to human stages of growth, but according to divine powers. In Christ Jesus, his only Son, our Lord. Understand that Christ was anointed not with ordinary oil, but with the Holy Spirit, from whom he was born. Who was born of the Holy Spirit. By such a birth, humanity has been made holy in God, but divinity has not been diminished in God by this very gracious favor. Who was born of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary. Virginity believed in God, because only through God's initiative could the same person be both virgin and mother. Who was crucified under Pontius Pilate and was buried. It refers to the judge in order to designate the time. It mentions that he was crucified in order to convey the kind of suffering endured. And from this, it gathers evidence of the divine power and of the truth of the resurrection, where godlessness had gleaned material for insult and opportunities for error. He was crucified. Lifted high on the cross, he suffered death before all his enemies, who both looked forward to it in all their cruelty and watched it in all their bitterness. He endures burial, lest the ungodly bandy it about that he did not undergo death in order to conquer it, but had merely pretended to die in order to delude. He was crucified and was buried. On the third day he rose. As if in his passion he showed that he was the true substance of our flesh, by the symbol of the three days, he rises unto the full glory of the Trinity. He ascended into heaven. He ascended to bring us there, not to bring himself back, since he never left heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. There the arrangement is divine, not human. The Son sits at the right in such a way that the Father does not sit on the left. Unique and unparalleled is the divine seating plan, where heavenly power allows nothing on the left. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. Let human beings stop. Let heretics stop judging their judge. Let them hope for pardon, lest they pay the penalty for such presumption. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Now your profession of faith in the Trinity is perfect, when you have professed with the words of faith the Holy Spirit, of one substance with the Father and the Son. And the Holy Church, as though united to Christ, 
in order to be conveyed to the full glory of divinity, in the forgiveness of sins. Gain for yourself the pardon coming from faith, since he is his own worst enemy who does not believe that he is given what the very generous bestower of mercy promises in all his kindness. The Resurrection of the Flesh The one who does not believe this has no faith in what was said above, as the Apostle says, If the dead will not rise, then neither did Christ rise. Whom will God judge, and with whom will he reign, if the resurrection does not restore to life and to judgment those whom death has removed from the world? Eternal life. It is clear that once death itself dies, eternal life takes its place.